What up, world? Welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Blazers. I am your Blazer beat writer and pass first point guard, Mike Richmond, coming to you live, immediately following game four, Blazers Thunder. Portland with a huge win to go up 3-1 in the series. Trust and believe that's mostly what we're going to talk about tonight, but because I didn't get to talk to y'all after game three, we'll run over that real quick, and then we'll do a brief look ahead to game five. All Blazer Thunder everything. Let's start with game four tonight. We'll get to game three. It's in the past. Uh, Y'all know what happened. But let's get to game four tonight. 111-98. Blazers controlled this game in the second half. But there was a lot going on. There's not even a but. I was going to give you like one big headline from this game. But there was a lot going on. So let's try to parse it bit by bit. Uh, This one started out and it kind of looked like the Thunder might take... A uh, little bit of control. They were playing. They were outplaying the Blazers early on. Uh, it took 22 minutes for Damian Lillard to make his first field goal. Uh, Russell Westbrook started out making some shots. He didn't end up making some shots. But we got, uh, you know, jump shooting and and jump shot making Russell Westbrook early in the game. We got a really shaky start from Damian Lillard. Not only was he just missing early, and he was missing early. He didn't make his first two shots till the very end of the first half. A, a crucial run that I'll touch on soon. But he had some sloppy turnovers, just some bad passes, kind of adjusting to uh, to pressure defense. or trying to. Mostly the passes were trying to sort of be a step ahead of the pressure defense before the traps really came. Dame trying to find someone, thread a pass somewhere before the, the Thunder defense really loaded up to him. And it didn't work out great early on. Kind of looked like the Thunder were going to run away with this game for a second. Not not a blowout, but they were going to be in control in the second half, uh, kind of like they were in Game 3. But instead, Blazers finished that game, finished the first half on 11-0 run, and I thought that was pro- maybe the most crucial stretch that they've had all series. Uh, that's kind of not saying much because like everything becomes more crucial in a series, like each successive moment becomes more crucial. But that was probably the most crucial moment of them for them Perhaps in this game, because it, it instead of uh, instead of going into the locker room down, they went into the locker room with a slight edge, up four, and then when they came out in the third quarter, you saw Damian Lillard play like Damian Lillard. This was uh, not quite the sort of game three, 25 points in the third quarter uh, explosion that we saw, but he was fantastic in that quarter. He had 15, five of seven, hit all three of his threes. Uh, you know, this was. There have been moments in this in this series where he is so clearly the best player on the floor, and back to back third quarters, games three and four, he has been so clearly the best player in this series, and some of that is a little bit of redemption for him because his his last few playoff games, basically since he hit the shot in Houston. He's kind of had bad playoff series. He shot below 40% from the floor. He shot below 35% from three. You know, some of that is because defense is key on him, but stars are stars. You got to play well in the biggest moments. And the Damian Lillard we've seen nearly will them back in the third quarter of game three, although he was really quiet in the fourth quarter when they needed him of that game. And they got Damian Lillard who who blew this game open, who who pushed, who helped the Blazers push uh, a four-point lead into the into 15 and 18 at one point in the, in the third quarter, he re- he really showed up. Excuse me, and he's 19 in the third quarter. 
But Dame really showed up, and he was fantastic. And his counterpart, the guy who spent so much of Game 3 telling Damian Lillard and any Blazer who would listen how much he was better than he was than them. And let me tell you what, Russell Westbrook was better than them. He earned the right to talk a bunch of shit in Game 3. He didn't bring it in the second half of Game 4. He didn't make a field goal. He had one point in the second half when he split a pair of free throws in the fourth quarter. He was 0 for 7 from the field, 0 for 4 from 3 in the second half. And more than anything, he just wasn't super aggressive. There weren't those moments when uh, sort of Westbrook's bad tendencies where he's sort of on, you know, turned up to 11 and, and driving, bowling over people. We didn't see that. It was just, he was a little bit, he was just passive while Paul George mostly controlled this. And George was really good. Uh, he, particularly at the end of the third quarter, he, he, pulled, he pulled OKC back into this game, made it an 11-point game heading into the fourth. Made it, made it so they were in striking distance in that fourth quarter. But Blazers really, they didn't let OKC get close no matter how many times they threatened. We've talked about Damian Lillard as a star, but man, was CJ McCollum good. You know, Dame had 15 in the in the third. He had nine in the other three quarters combined. CJ had 27, and he was fantastic down the stretch. Just fantastic. The play of the game is uh, with about four and a half minutes left. He swipes Paul George on a fast break. Just he goes high on Paul George on a fast break, gets all ball as George is trying to do a step through where you bring the ball over your head. CJ rips it clean, runs down the other way, and steps into a three when he probably could have driven in for a layup. At the time, you're like, well, that's uh, that takes big balls. And then he drills it because uh, it, he's just a fearless dude, and he's been playing like it. Um, he didn't have a great game three. Nobody, I mean, the Blazers didn't play. Not everyone was terrible in game three, but I, I, I thought the, the stars weren't as bright and the role players weren't as good. Game four, they, the stars were, were really, really good. Dame was excellent in the in that third quarter and CJ 13 in the fourth. 4 or 5 from the field, 3 or 4 from 3 in that fourth quarter. And I mean that's that is how you win this game. You neutralize Russell Westbrook and your two stars outplay them. The things that we saw the Thunder do so well in in game 3 they couldn't duplicate here again. This wasn't the dominant Russell Westbrook that showed up and had 33 in Game 3. This was a Westbrook who was kind of quiet in a weird way and totally dominated by the Blazers' two guards in terms of performance. I want to talk about a little bit more about that. I want to talk about sort of what went right in Game 3 and what and sort of what we saw in that one. And I want to talk about the Blazers' role players. I didn't touch on them in this first segment, but the Blazers won this game on the strength of their stars, making big plays when it mattered. But there is absolutely no way they win this game without Alfaruq Aminu, Mo Harkless, and Zach Collins. Those guys were fantastic tonight. They were probably the key to, win, to winning this game. So that's what I want to talk about in the second segment. All right. So we talked about the stars. Touched on Russell Westbrook's bizarre quietness and real struggles in the second half. Damian Lillard's marvelous third quarter to blow this game open. CJ McCollum's fantastic fourth quarter to finish it off. But really, the Blazers won this game because, like I said, this is not, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to give you guys a big headline in, in honor of podcasts. The reason why the Blazers won this game is because a bunch of shit went right. Including Mo Harkless, 15-10. 
He didn't get kicked out in frustration like he did in game three. Al Farouk Aminu was balling. This was one of those games. And I wrote about this before the playoffs. I wrote about this as a sort of my uh, my playoff preview was kind of no matter what, no matter how important stars are for either of these teams, the Blazers' chances in this series hinge on what their role players do. And tonight was a night where the role players absolutely delivered. Mo Harkless guarded Paul George as well as you can. In Aminu's minutes, he gave Paul George, who was 8 for 21, 4 of 10. Uh, he did get to the free throw line again, but he didn't get 17 free throws like he did in, in game three, only 14 trips. He was, you know, 32, 10, and 6. He was fantastic. But stars are going to be stars. And the Blazers made him miss, you know, he, he only shot 38% from the field. That's the real key. And Mo, he was aggressive early on. He blocked three shots. He got two steals. Al Farouk Aminu was just... This was just as good as Al Farouk Aminu can play. Early on in the game, he went coast-to-coast twice on two separate occasions. One where he went coast-to-coast through traffic. Uh, he, had a big, he had a tough rebound early in the fourth quarter, getting a rebound uh, in and amongst Markeith Morris and Nerlens Noel, going up and under and scoring. This was just those two guys at their near best. And I was really impressed not only with them two, and they were really good. They were really good. But I thought Zach Collins, 15, 16 minutes off the bench, were as well as he's played in a month and a half. As well as he's played since maybe that Warriors game uh, right after the All-Star break when he was, like, fighting with Klay Thompson and doing things. And there was no... um, We didn't see all that. We didn't see all the extracurricular stuff. But we did see Zach Collins play real minutes against... Uh, Steven Adams for the first time in this series. The Terry Stotts had mostly avoided that. But they also used him because he was just a better fulcrum in the middle of the offense against that trap than Cantor had been. Um, Cantor wasn't terrible against it, but he just wasn't... His decision-making was a little bit slow. And Collins, not not that he was sort of like this uh, you know, great facilitator, but his decision-making was a little more crisp in there. And uh, I thought he... As, as much as he sort of provides on the defensive end, his key to this game was, was being that pressure release in the middle of, uh, of a trapping defense. The type of defense you know the Blazers are going to face for the rest of the playoffs and every big game they play as long as Damon CJ are together. And Zach Collins provided a release valve. He was really good. <laughs> the rest of the Blazers bench wasn't very good. Myers Leonard was fine in his eight minutes, but it was... Um, but he mostly played in this sort of in the stretch in the second quarter where Terry has gone to now in all four of the games where he, he buys Dame and CJ time in the first half so they can both play, uh, you know, have it, one of them on the floor at least in the whole second half. And those non-Dame, non-CJ minutes have been awful. They were awful again. Blazers uh, basically went five minutes without scoring. They only in, in the four minutes before CJ got back on the court, they were down uh, 7-2. It was 9-2 right when CJ got back on the court. They just Those minutes were bad. They weren't terrible, though. And that was the key. That was the key to this game. You know, Damon took him 22 minutes to make a field goal, but the Blazers were still in it. And then they pulled away in the second half. Real quick, here's why the, here's why the Thunder won game three. And this is the thing that I talked about a little bit on the podcast uh, after game two, talking about that game. You knew they were going to make threes at some point. They made 15 in that game. You knew they were going to play really hard. They played incredibly hard defensively. And you knew that Russell Westbrook was going to play a little better than he get, he did in game two when he was awful. 
He was really good. They made 15 of 29 threes. And they edged the Blazers at the end when on a night where Dame wasn't very good and the, and the role players didn't play that well. Dame was really good in the third quarter. He wasn't good beyond that. You know, he was magnificent in the third quarter, but the other three quarters, it wasn't very good, and that's why they won. And that game had sort of what became the story of this whole series is the, sort of the antics. It's Russell Westbrook talking a bunch of smack. It's Damian Lillard responding. Uh, it, it's, it's all the little stuff. It's all the little stuff that you see from two teams that pretty clearly don't like each other. Makes for really entertaining theater. Game four, uh, I don't know if it was a concerted effort from on OKC's part to do less of that, to sort of talk less and make it... Because uh, that game got kind of ugly. There was there was a, just a ton of foul calls. got out of control. This one didn't have that. The first half flew by. It's about an hour of, of real time. It's about as fast of half of basketball as you'll get in the NBA, particularly in the playoffs, particularly on national TV. There just wasn't all that extra stuff. Saw a little bit of, of uh, Russ when he was making shots, letting, letting Damian Lode know about it, but um, you didn't see... Uh, Dame respond in, in, in such uh, aggressive ways. And, and when Westbrook started missing shots in the second half, he can't talk as much smack. There just wasn't all that extra stuff. There wasn't a Markeith Morris, Zach Collins dust up. There wasn't, uh, you know, four fouls on Rodney Hood and four fouls on Myers Leonard in their nine minutes on the court. Blazer, the Thunder formula is exactly what went down in, in, in game three. Have their guys make threes. Paul George gets to the free throw line. Russell Westbrook plays at an all-star level, and that's how you win. They didn't have that in game four. It just didn't exist. Westbrook was terrible in the second half. Paul George was inefficient and didn't just shooting the ball, and he didn't get to the line as much. Blazers cut down on their stupid fouls. I thought in game three, a lot of the Blazers' foul issues were because they would commit some sort of dumb fouls early on. It would be like their first foul of the quarter would be 80 feet from the rim. Or fighting for, through a screen that they didn't need, and I'm not someone who's gonna who's gonna bang on the refs too hard. I thought Damian Lillard got a bunch of favorable calls in Game Three, type of thing superstars get. But there, there was just too many fouls. Like w- whether you think it's lopsided or not, there's just too many fouls called. Killed the flow of that game. Let the Thunder win a game when they kind of uglied it up. This game had flow. Game four had flow. Game Game four was just the Blazers playing at at the level that makes this team special. It, it makes this makes this a, a team that is on the verge of winning a playoff series. Cantor didn't get picked on as much as a pick and roll. Uh, the Blazers spread the court and attacked enough that Billy Donovan couldn't play. Stephen Adams down the stretch, or chose not to play Stephen Adams down the stretch because they needed points in a hurry. They needed to play faster with more space. They needed to open up driving lanes. So they put, he put Jeremy Grant at center and went smaller. That's why a big reason why Zach Collins got to play a bunch. But then Cantor came back. They made plays. Huge play down the stretch was Damian Lillard as a double team came when they're just straight showing him a double team right away, whipping a little lob pass into Mo Harkless as the defense had to choose between who they were going to guard. This is the formula. Damon CJ play really well. The role players pick up the slack, and the defense is competitive enough to put them over the top. I thought in the in where the Blazers lost the game in Game Four, 
or excuse me, in game three was because when they needed to make the run in the fourth quarter, they just could not get stops. Over and over and over again, OKC scored on the pick and roll. I don't think the Blazers kind of locked that up necessarily, but they were better, stronger, more attentive on defense, particularly guarding pick and rolls than they were in game three. That's the formula. So last segment, I want to talk about game five, a closeout game, which should be a really entertaining game. Back in the Rose Garden on Tuesday night, excuse me, the Moda Center. Uh, should be rocking. Should be a lot of fun. And it's an important game for the Blazers, uh, just considering where they were a few months ago. But before I do that, I want to remind you guys that uh, when you hop in your car, tell your smart speaker, play podcast Locked On Blazers, make it a part of your daily routine, make it a part of your morning commute. And uh, whenever you get in your car, just tell your smart device, play podcast Locked On Blazers. And by the way, if you're looking for this podcast, it's available on Himalaya, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. So check us out on anywhere you get, pretty much anywhere you download podcasts. Find us there and make it a part of your driving routine to tell your smart device in your car, play podcast Lockdown Blazers. All right, welcome back. So teams that go up 3-1 and have a game five at home, have won over 90% of those home games in Game 5. I'm not saying book it, but I I think the Blazers are poised to close out OKC. Not because OKC is so much worse, but I just think they're the... The Blazers have showed that they can beat this team. Winning on the road is is enough proof, but just the way they've won on the road, the way they won on the road in Game Four is proof that they're that. You know they neutralized one of the best centers in the league. They were able to just coax Russ into having another terrible game, whether it was sort of by his choice or by their defense walling it off and daring him at every chance to shoot threes and shoot jumpers. Everything outside of 19 feet, they're letting Russell Westbrook take. You can have it all day. Even closer, even like 16. They're just going to do a little contest. They're not going to chase him. Just keep him, keep him out of the paint. Keep him out of the rim. That's what the Blazers have done to him. They've done a really good job. They've done a really good job recognizing him, finding him places. Paul George is going to get his. I'm not surprised that he's uh, he's been the Thunder's best player all year. Uh in games one and three, the two games that the Thunder very well could have won and did win, Russell Westbrook has been their best player. I think that's their formula. He has to play really well. But also, he just strikes me as a guy that, in the way that the sort of Kobe Lakers would often do, when the season would end, it would classically end in a blowout sometimes. When things would start to go south, they would go really far south. I can see that happening with this OKC team. Some of it is temperament, and some of it is I just think the Blazers have figured it out. They've figured out how to beat this team. And I was going to save this little anecdote or this little thought uh, for when the Blazers do close out the series, but I'll just say it here now. Never forget that the Blazers' decision-makers did not want to play Oklahoma City. They intentionally tried to lose Game 82 
to get away from the Oklahoma City Thunder. And what did the players do? They took the night off. When Anthony Simons put them in the OKC bracket, they went out and played the Thunder really tough and are now on the verge of winning this series. So I think game five, I think the Blazers are going to be in that 90%, that 90-plus percent group that closes out series, went up 3-1, and have a home game in game five. And I think they're going to do it because the formula that OKC found in game three is tougher to duplicate than the formula that the Blazers have found in the other three wins. Have your stars play well. Play enough defense to give yourself a chance to let those stars play well. Don't get caught up in the sort of weird extracurricular stuff that easily can happen in a series like this. And you'll have a chance. Mo Harkless has been really good in three out of the four games. Al Farouk Aminu has been pretty solid. The Blazers are getting enough from Ennis Cantor to survive, and Damon CJ have been have been really good. That formula where your two best players continue just to be solid, as Damon Lillard described game four tonight, a business-like attitude. Less antics, more business. Less no party in the back, only business in the front. But I think we'll see, I think we'll see that similar demeanor. And the, the sort of why can't they win in the playoffs crowd? Uh, I don't know if they'll have to be quiet because <laughs> they still, you know, those still are a ways away from the Western Conference Finals and all that, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but they have to recognize that the Blazers, that this group, maybe it was the right thing to run it back with this group. I don't think they necessarily ran it back. I think the, I think the, the adding the little parts to this core have really helped. Rodney Hood hasn't been great in this series, but he's been good enough and he's the right size to give Paul George problems. Ennis Cantor has been as good as you could hope for as a backup center when your star center goes down unexpectedly. It's a freak accident about a month ago. Seth Curry has had his moments. He hasn't been very good in OKC, but he was good in game two. And these are just sort of the little moves that have helped the Blazers take the next step. Now, I can't sit here and say, I told you so and I saw this coming, because I didn't. I didn't think they were going to be in this position. I've been waiting to write them off for, you know, since the All-Star break when they had that seven-game road trip. I thought that was going to break their season. I thought the Nurkic thing was going to be, or the C.J. McCollum injury was going to be a lot to overcome because they just didn't have, they didn't have quite, quite enough depth to make up for games where Dame wasn't completely on point. I thought the use of Nurkic injury was going to sink their season because Cantor isn't a good enough defender and all of the little uh, chemistry things that Nurk and Dame had developed that Cantor wasn't going to find. But instead, all those little parts have worked. They've survived a bunch of tough tests. Now they're in position to beat the team that the Blazers' decision makers probably didn't think they could beat. Pretty fun little season. There's a lot still to happen. Game five isn't a guarantee. Um, we, we've seen some pretty good teams blow 3-1 leads. But I think you got to feel good about where the Blazers are right now. Uh, just all of the good things that kind of sound like BS when they lose seem like 
actual uh, sort of like true definers of success now. The, the positive culture that Damian Lillard cre- creates, the looseness in the locker room that Terry Stotts uh, fosters and uh, sort of this, the inclusivity and the, and the positivity that, that define the, this Blazers roster. They seem like they're really valuable now. Because the role players are playing well, because Damon and CJ are coexisting and thriving in a playoff game, playoff series. And they just look like the better team. It's no smoke and mirrors. They're just better than OKC right now. We'll see if game five, they can close it out. Appreciate you guys listening. Like I mentioned before, you can get this podcast on the Himalaya app, as well as Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Tell your friends to listen to Lockdown Blazers. Talk to y'all soon.